Go Anywhere, Do Anything is the motto of Access Anything, a Colorado-based non-for-profit that promotes travel and adventure and a never-give-up attitude for the disabled. The husband and wife team of Craig and Andy Kennedy will share their story and inspire us all to venture regardless of our abilities. And Traveling On contributor Cynthia Dial will join us to preview the upcoming Bob Hope Classic at the La Quinta Resort in Palm Desert, California. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the Bob Hope Classic, uh, first won by this year's honorary host, uh, Arnold Palmer, a name that many of us in the golfing world know and admire. And Cynthia recently played one of the courses at La Quinta and will tell us all about it. And if you want to join in on the conversations, call our studio line at 888-463-6748. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT. Boy, that's a hard choice, you know, skiing, golfing. Hmm. <laughs> uh, give me warmth any day. Book me for Palm Palm Desert. <laughs> yeah, then we can go. We can go skiing because yeah. I miss the slopes. Uh, but first, you know, we have a lot of information to share. We um, have some wonderful shows coming up, some wonderful, uh, great, exciting announcements. And so uh, we'd like to invite you guys to sign up for our Traveling On Club newsletter and also play our Travel and Trivia Contest uh, to win a book that we're actually going to feature on our 8 o'clock show tonight, Mexico, A Traveler's Literary Companion. It's a wonderful compilation of stories that really give a, a panoramic uh, view of, uh, of the country of Mexico and many of the short stories, um, compiled in this, this work of art, uh, have been translated to English for the very first time. So we're excited to offer that and you guys can play for that and sign up for our all of our news and, uh, and, and exciting uh, announcements online at our website, traveln-on.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-N hyphen O-N.com for traveling on. You know, Craig and Andy Kennedy are trailblazers for promoting travel and adventure for people with disabilities, which is a, a mission of, of ours, isn't it, honey? We, we, we believe that travel is a right and not a privilege, and so I'm very excited to, to bring them on our show. Their group, Access Anything, has helped the disabled find ways for travel and exploration through their advocacy while pushing the travel industry for greater opportunity for the disabled. And Craig and Andy, join us somewhere on the slopes of Colorado, Steamboat Colorado, I believe, uh, in a wonderful, uh, wonderful weather there full of snow, and we'd like to welcome them to our show. Hey, guys. Hey, how are we doing today? Hi there. Fantastic. Good to have you on the on the show, and uh, and uh, we we will make a trip out there to to do some skiing with you at, at some point in the near future. But I want you to tell us a little bit about the mission of Access Anything. Well, I mean, really, our mission is overall is to improve the quality of life for people with disabilities. You know, and not just in the United States, but around the world. And the idea is to encourage them to enjoy life to its fullest, and that's really through the sense of what I call freedom um, that's provided by travel, adventure, and as you mentioned, you know, never give up attitude. So it's all about encouraging people to get out and enjoy life and really live life to its fullest. Now, one of the things that uh, you do as part of your advocacy is that you really get the travel industry to expand its horizons to open up to this market 
of disabled, uh, or as I like to call them, capable travelers. Uh, uh, talk to us about uh, your efforts there and, 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 and how it's changed since you started Access Anything with respect to some of the outreach to the travel industry. Uh, well, really, you know, we started the business in order to write travel guides for people with disabilities. And what we realized after we published a couple books was that it's not just important to encourage people to get out and travel. It's just as important on the other side of things to encourage the providers, the cruise industry, the, air, the airline industry, the hotel industry, you know, to encourage them to become more accessible. And as a result of that, you know, instead of going out threatening people with lawsuits and saying you have to be more accessible, we found a way to say become more accessible and we can show you and help you make more money because of this travel market. So it's really focused on on both sides of the ball, you know, encouraging people to travel but also encouraging everybody else to to want to provide better access throughout the industry. And we have mm. seen it over the last five years. Um, when we first started this, we tried to do research on our own for Alaska and a couple of other trips, and there wasn't a lot of information out there five or eight years ago. And um, that is really starting to grow thanks to a company called the Open Doors Organization who is gathering the statistics on this niche and this market and uh, really being the, um, the numbers guys to show people that you can make money off of this niche if you market to them and make your accessibility, um, you know, forefront for them. And in fact, I know uh, in um, on your website and, and really in your signature line, you actually have some. You share some statistics, um, you know, about how much uh, the um, uh, this particular market. Uh, actually uh, spends uh, during a, a given season and, and, and the potential for, for travel expenditures. And so I think it, it's very important uh, what, you, what you're doing and, and certainly your well-rounded and, and holistic approach to you know, your outreach efforts, uh, I think, are, are very critical. Now, um, I, Craig had touched on uh, some of the, the guidebooks that you guys wrote early on. And, Andy, I know you have a background in travel writing and photography and were really instrumental in, um, in compiling uh, some of the guidebooks. Talk to us. Tell us a little bit about some of the guidebooks, whether they're still available um, on the market and, and where uh, folks can, can find them. Um, yeah, both of our guidebooks are still out there. Um, Amazon is probably the best place to find them, although you can find them on our website. I know that they are, as always, a little bit cheaper on Amazon. Um, and there's more information about them on our website, too, um, as well as Amazon. But um, Access Anything Colorado was our first guidebook. We came back from that trip in Alaska and really felt like there was a need for a general place for information that, you know, we spent three to six months gathering research on Alaska, and we didn't want people to have to go through that much work just to travel to Colorado. So we spent three years gathering information ourselves, going to, <clears throat> excuse me, going to hotels, going to the ski areas, um, and really sussing everything out ourselves and, and describing the accessibility with some really good fine details. Uh, whether it's not only fully accessible, you know, ADA accessible, but also um, doable for various, you know, wheelchair users or depending on what your ability is, whether it's a little bit more doable for you or not. So 
um, that's kind of the aspect that we took with the first book, and the second book is um, called Access Anything. I can do that, and it's more of a general travel guide with a lot of sports information, a lot of websites in the back, and then travel tips and, and some inspirational um, interviews as well. Now, you guys operate with the tagline, Go Anywhere, Do Anything, and certainly your travel guidebooks speak to the Go Anywhere, but I want to talk about the Do Anything side because... Uh, both uh, both you, Andy, and Craig, I think, have, have really kind of pushed the frontiers in some ways, particularly with, with, with sports camps and uh, 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 activities that are focused on people with disabilities to get them out and about and kind of get them to be active participants in, in, in adventure. Talk to us about some of the things that you're doing, particularly with the sports camps. That's certainly an area that we're certainly hearing a lot more about because of events such as the Paralympics and so forth. So talk to us a little bit about some of the things you're doing there. Well, you know, you'd be hard-pressed nowadays to find any sport or activity out there that hasn't been adapted for people with disabilities in some way. So, you know, with that as a basis, um, alpine skiing is one of the um, kind of longest tenured adaptive sports out there and is often one of the first ones that people get into. I personally broke my back skiing in 96, and the first thing I did that next season was get right back on a ski. You know, I couldn't get couldn't wait to get back on the snow. So after after a few years and after we founded our company, we realized the need uh, you know, for some actual activities in Steamboat. You know, figuring that we live here, especially me being in a wheelchair, I want more opportunities for myself and for other people, you know, in Steamboat. So we started the, um, along with our partners, Adaptive Adventures, who runs camps like this all over the country, um, and especially in Colorado, we started the all-mountain ski camp for skiers and riders with disabilities. And, you know, timing-wise, it just happened to coincide with what's going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. So a big part of our camp is bringing in not only people with all kinds of different disabilities from around the country, but giving some of our wounded soldiers an opportunity to come to Steamboat and experience, you know, life after injury, which is, you know, basically what I've been experiencing all these years. So we bring in about a dozen soldiers and their families, and they are fully sponsored for the whole week here. And then for the rest of the participants, we keep it very reasonable. It's about 500 bucks for a whole week in Steamboat, which is, I don't know, maybe an eighth of the price that we would normally spend. So um, that was really the first thing we did. We are gearing up next week for our fourth annual camp now. And, again, we've got 13 or 14 soldiers. The total group with volunteers and everybody is about 75 people. Um, and the other thing that makes us unique, I think, is that we don't just stick to the mountain. This is an intermediate to an advanced level camp, so it's people that already know how to ski somewhat and want to improve their skills. We spend three days on the ski mountain here in Steamboat, and then thanks to a great group of guys at Steamboat Powder Cats who donates their entire operation for the day, we get to spend the fourth day of our camp in the backcountry skiing on track powder. You know, and this is something that uh, a lot of locals don't ever get to do. You know, they can ski on the mountain, but to go into the backcountry is a lot different. And to give the opportunity, you know, normally our group in the backcountry consists of about nine fit skiers, about a dozen amputees of all different kinds, and a couple of blind people. So, mm. you know, to give that kind of group, that kind of opportunity to get out and enjoy something that most people in the world never get to do is really special to us. 
Now, um, before we go to break, uh, Craig, uh, just a, a couple of quick questions. Um, the the backcountry skiing that you're talking about, you know, the, the, the question that may come to some of our listeners' mind is one of safety, um, particularly, you know, in light of uh, some of the, the uh, most recent avalanche um, uh, fatalities, uh, you know, how, how safe... I, as a skier myself, I know I don't go off course, and, and I'm not that experienced of a skier. And so um, when I think of, when I hear backcountry, I think of perhaps um, uh, courses that are, are really not, uh, you know, a, a, a little bit out of the way and, and maybe um, vulnerable. Huh. Can you address that? Um, Tanya, the, the, I think the biggest, the biggest difference um, when and the individual goes into the backcountry, they go by themselves, they go with beacons, and, you know, they're basically dependent on four or five of their friends. This powder cast operation, they've got three um, three big grooming cats. Uh, powder cat is, is a big, basically, machine that grooms trails um, on the mountain. Well, off the mountain, it's, it's like a big kind of a... Uh, almost like a, a Hummer, the way it, you know, it's a big tank that drives up the mountain. And then um, we have four guys per, four um, Potter Cats employees per cat um, with about 13 participants in each cat. So um, with the four guys, the big machinery, and um, very knowledgeable people with this terrain, um, it really honestly couldn't be safer. I think it's safer than being on the mountain because on the mountain you're by yourself. And mm-hmm. You necess- don't necessarily know where you're going if you don't know the mountain, and you wind up on a double black diamond. And what are you going to do? This is—it's a big open meadow in many instances, and there are you know 20 people um, all looking out for each individual skier. Yeah, and okay. we usually pair each mono skier, each blind person, each amputee has their own buddy. You know, that's not necessarily out there to have fun. They're there to make sure that the skier or rider with a disability is safe at all times. Mm-hmm. Okay, good deal. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk to you about one of the other events that you, you have coming up and, and how people can um, can sign up for this if they're too late this year, perhaps for next year. You're listening to the Traveling On Radio Show with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick, and uh, you are listening to a track from Puto Miles' French Acoustic, which is our newest CD this month uh, that we will be giving away later. We'll see you on the other side of this break. Je cherchais la combine, mais c'est pas facile. Le quotidien, trop peu pour moi. And welcome back to the Traveling On Radio Show. Ian Fitzpatrick here, along with my wife, Tanya Fitzpatrick, and we've been talking to another. Husband and wife team, Craig and Andy Kennedy of Access Anything, and we're listening to tracks from Acoustic France from our official music sponsor, Punta Mayo World Music, and this is one of their new releases, and you can win this along with a chance to win Mexico, a traveler's literary companion, by playing traveling trivia at www.travelin.com. Dashon.com. You can also sign up to become a member of our Traveling On Club, get a newsletter, all that new travel specials talk, and all the latest travel news. And as we went to break, we had a chance to talk to Craig and 
Andrea, about uh, about some of the upcoming events in Steamboat Springs that uh, they're sponsoring through Access Anything. And one of those events that we were talking about was the fourth annual All-Mountain Ski Camp for Wounded Warriors and People with Disabilities, which kicks off next week, if I'm not mistaken, on the 12th through the 15th. And this is a big event, but... That event's also going to be followed by an event on the 16th, kind of a uh, one-day event uh, that features uh, uh, the best skiers. And, uh, Craig, if uh, you could tell us a little bit about this Legends of the Deep Powder Invitational that you've got planned after the uh, camp. Uh, absolutely. You know, this is one of the most exciting things we've done. Um, a gentleman that used to work for Powdercast named Dave Genshi, um, he broke his neck uh, a couple of years ago on Buffalo Pass and is now a quadriplegic. And this is kind of his brainchild, and he approached us with this idea. And really what it is, the Legends of the Deep, is a chance for some of the best skiers and riders with disabilities in the country to show off their skills. You know, there's the Paralympics, there's the Special Olympics, there's the Disabled World Cup. There's all kinds of things out there for racers, but... There's not really anything for the true powder hound or the true powder skier. So we wanted to create an event that would allow some of the real, like I said, powder hounds to show off their skills and show that they can really compete at a level, um, you know, that's on par with, with able-bodied athletes. So this is really, we'll be on Buff Pass again with Steamboat Powder Cat. We'll be uh, filming everything in HD. We've got Skiing Magazine coming to do an article with us. Sponsors like Teton Gravity Research and PM Gear Skis. Um, really just an exciting event and, like I said, an opportunity to, to show the world what skiers and riders with disabilities can do. Now, uh, Craig, with this event and, and also the, uh, the Mountain Ski Camp, is it too late for individuals to, to sign up to participate? Um, yeah, you know, after four years now, um, the ski camp fills up right about the really by the end of november it fills up and we've got probably about 30 plus participants we've got like 18 sit skiers which is just ridiculous <laughs> this year is going to be very interesting. 18 sit skiers on the same mountain um and then the invitational is exactly that you need an invite to come to that this being the first year several of the participants are also here for the ski camp and the reason we're doing it the day after is because these people are already here. Um, mm-hmm. We'll attract some bigger sponsors, and um, we'll have a full operation, three snowcats. Instead of six or seven athletes, we'll have closer to 20 athletes. Um, so this is really, a, you know, the inaugural event, and um, it still will be an invitational. So if you're interested in skiing in this and you think you've, you've got the skills for it, by all means contact us and, and try to get an invite. Um, but yes, right now both of them are full. And they contact you at accessanything.net? Yep, that's a perfect way. Our, our cell phone numbers and our email addresses are right on the website and we're always happy to take calls. Craig, Andy, I wanted to throw this out to you, particularly as uh, you were speaking about the camp and you mentioned that you've got 18 able-bodied skiers who are going to be participating in this camp along with those who are differently abled uh, as well. And I wanted to get a sense as to as to that bridge building that takes place and how pairing both groups impacts 
impacts the others, so to speak, uh, uh, based on uh, your past experiences, what some of the able-bodied skiers get out of participating in, in this event and what uh, the disabled skiers get out of it as well. I think I've got your point. There's actually 18 sit skiers, which is um, our mono skiers, so those are disabled okay. participants. Um, the able-bodied people that are participating are mainly coaches, volunteers, instructors. Um, but, you know, that's a great question because they do get something out of this. Number one, you know, if you've ever done any volunteering in your life, you know that it's a great feeling, and, and there's really nothing that tops that in my mind. You know, I try to do as much volunteering as possible. Um, but it's also an opportunity for them to interact with people with disabilities. You know, there's a, a crazy statistic out there that says, there's a certain percentage of the U.S. population that's actually afraid of us. They're afraid of people with disabilities. And, and I honestly think it's, 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 it's not necessarily ignorance. You know, ignorance is a misunderstood word, but it's just a lack of knowledge. And mm -hmm. it really gives people a chance to interact with some fantastic people. It gives them a chance to meet some of the soldiers, the guys that are giving their arms and legs for our country. Um, so, honestly, I think just the interaction factor with these folks is huge for every able-bodied participant. And I see that uh, extend out to the rest of the town even. I mean, people come up to us a week week or two after and say, you know, oh, my gosh, we saw, you know, your camp and, you know, 18 different monoskiers went by. And even when we're on the mountain, you know, all the little kids will point and say, Mommy, Daddy, what the heck was that, you know, when the monoski goes by. <laughs> so good awareness to have a big group of people here at once because even though they see Craig skiing every day, um, it, you know, it doesn't make it, you know, more numbers make impact. So I think the more that people see that, um, the more aware they are that, um, you know, should they ever know anyone that has a disability um, to go ahead and tell them that they can ski. Absolutely, it's very inspirational, and um, I, I wanted to to invite you guys if uh, if you're so um, keen to do this. Craig, you mentioned that you'll be videotaping uh, some of the activities, and we have a Facebook fan page that you. Uh, I'd love to invite you to uh, to to upload your video on um, when you uh, when you complete it, because I I personally would love to to see um and, and and just experience it vicariously through through the video that you're going to uh create um when we were talking uh, also earlier Craig you know we were talking about places around the world that have uh become uh, have created more of an awareness and um we mentioned we talked about London which is my former home uh and back in the early 90s and um uh, surprisingly, London actually, you said, has been very progressive uh, with ensuring um, accessibility. Is that correct? Absolutely. You know, um, about 1995, I think it was, the U.K. passed what's called the Disability Discrimination Act. Then it was meant to kind of mirror the Americans with Disabilities Act um, and do some similar things as far as breaking down barriers and protecting the rights of of people with disabilities that are both living and traveling to the UK. So um, it, the, the main difference, the ADA is a civil rights law. It protects our rights. There's no agency. So if you want to, you know, blow the whistle on somebody that's not accessible, you can't say, well, I'm calling the ADA on you because there's no such thing. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, this is an enforced law. It's not just a civil rights law. So you know, it's it's the kind of thing that they are progressing quicker than we are in the States. I personally haven't been to London, but I've heard that it's getting better. 
Um, we've been to England and Scotland, however, in Scotland, I was honestly amazed. They have English taxis that have ramps that pull right out of the floor. Um, the accessible restrooms everywhere you go are private restrooms. Uh, for instance, we went to a club in Glasgow, and they gave me a key to my own restroom the entire time I was there. Um, the Another one I think I mentioned to you on the phone, um, the oldest building you can visit in Scotland was built in the 11th century at the top of the Edinburgh Castle as a ramp going right into it. So um, I was actually amazed. Before I went, I was a little nervous, but afterwards I was amazed at the, at the progress they had made and, and how um, forthright they were with you know enforcing these rules and regulations. Now, uh, you've touched on some of your travels, and, and I know you guys are working to go to China at some point. Tell us about uh, the thinking to go to China and uh, perhaps uh, build on some of the things that uh, took place during the uh, Olympics uh, last year and uh, kind of opening up that market, which is a huge market and, and, and one of the significant places in, in Asia, obviously. Well, the first the first thing that we started doing was speaking to travel expos and um, conferences on marketing to people with disability. And at one of the expos that we attended in Pittsburgh, we met a gentleman who works with a spring tour um, out of San Francisco, and they take tours, um, you know, multiple times a year, multiple different kinds of tours at multiple different price levels um, to all over China. And um, his name is Jimmy. Jimmy Dang, and, and Jimmy really wanted to start breaking into this niche and, and bring, you know, people with disabilities to China, um, and so we really set up shops to work with him on um, making sure that, first of all, the first and foremost, that the hotels that we would be going to would be accessible, um, that the transportation between cities and hotels would be accessible, um, and then also that any side trips that we do um, would also obviously um, be at least doable with a little bit of help, if not fully accessible. Um, one thing worth mentioning is that there's a gondola up to the Great Wall um, that uh, is fully accessible. It's been there for years, and um, it is free to people with disabilities. So um, that that's an example that they are they have already a, you know a few things in place that um, you wouldn't think would be there. Um, but then you're right, the Paralympics have. Um, brought great awareness, um, I think more so to the Chinese side uh, than to the travelers. Um, the travelers have always wanted accessibility, but uh, for China to see and, and work with um, all of those uh, disabled athletes, um, it really opened their eyes to um, accessibility and, and accessible sports. So. Indeed, indeed, and and if you guys want any, uh, just want to talk to a, uh, a somebody who's I lived in China as well. I uh, studied law there for a semester, and so I'd be happy to share just my own practical uh, experiences um, with you. And it wasn't as long ago as London, so <laughs> um, but I'd be happy to share that. And I thank you guys so much for uh, for for uh, sharing. Um, your work with us today and uh, invite our listening audience to visit your website accessanything.net and uh, best of luck with the uh, with the ski camp and uh, the powder invitational in, in uh, gosh in a week or so and I uh, look forward to having you on our show again thanks so much for joining us today 
Thank you guys. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks Keep so traveling. You, thank you. It's our pleasure. Uh, you're listening to the Traveling on Radio Show with Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. And when we come back after break, we're going to go golfing uh, with our good friend and uh, special contributor, Cynthia Dial, who is going to make me feel very, very jealous uh, sitting here in this cold weather in <laughs> Washington, D.C. And uh, she'll be joining us from uh, the comfort of her home in San Diego. We'll see you on the other side of this break. <laughs> 